Welcome to the Real View podcast, where Ohio realtors connect you to innovators and influencers, keeping you with the real view of real estate. Whether you're a broker, agent, first time home buyer, industry leader, or just happen to stumble upon our podcast today, you can expect to hear tips, tools, tricks, interesting information, and so much more from the experts in Ohio's real estate game. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Real View Podcast. I'm your host, Allison Wiley. With me today, always a pleasure to have on. Love getting to talk to uh, these women. They're fabulous, amazing. Um, welcome back to the show. Peg Rittenauer and Lori Garland, our Vice President and Assistant Vice President of Legal Services here at Ohio Realtors. Ladies, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Allison. Yeah, thanks, Allison. It's always fun talking with you on the podcast. Yes, so much fun. Love to have you guys on. We're going to hear about a bunch of different topics, just some legal updates here that is happening uh, throughout the spring and throughout the year so far. But um, before we get started in the show, and Peg and Lori has been on the podcast before, so if you're dying to hear their answer to the Real View question, you can go back to their last episode where they answered that question. But we have something more important to talk about before we get started, more important than a Real View question, and that is your upcoming retirements. Both of you all will be leaving Ohio Realtors after an incredible career here, um, an incredible job serving our members, um, dedicating you know your work and your day-to-day -day, uh, life to the real estate industry and to all of our members and staff here at Ohio Realtors. So I have to say congratulations to you both um, on your upcoming retirements. Thank you. Thank Thanks, you. Alice. Looking forward to it. I'm going to miss, you know, it's been a long time with Ohio Realtors and I'm going to miss the staff and some of the members I've got to know so well, but, uh, but it's time that I'm looking forward to the next step in my life. Yeah. Peg's never getting rid of me though. We work <laughs> together forever and, you know, she's a lifetime friend, so she's not getting rid of me. <laughs> nope, nope. That's, that's vice versa. So yeah, we're, we're excited about what the future holds, but it's kind of, you know, mixed feelings because we're both sad. You know, i been at Ohio Realtors for 32 years, and Lori came the year after me, so she's been there for 31 years. Um, we had worked together at the division for I forget how many years before that, and um, so we have always been a team, so kind of came in as a team, and we're kind of going out as a team, and um, you know, it's going to be strange not waking up in the morning and, and thinking about the hotline and helping people on the phone and you know, meeting with our members because we've really enjoyed that. There's so many great realtors out there and, and many of them have become friends. And um, of course, we've worked with wonderful staff over our, our 30 plus year career here at Ohio Realtors and great leadership at the local board level as well. So we're going to we're going to miss it. It's a ma massive, massive loss to our industry, to Ohio Realtors, to our staff and our members. Um, but have no fear. We have hired new staff, Stephen and Todd started back in January. They are going to be here to help you with all your needs. So don't panic yet. Um, we, we are working on transitioning them. They've been working super closely uh, with Peg and Lori to get uh, trained up on everything in our Ohio Realtors world. But I got to know from you all, what are you looking forward to most um, in retirement? Do you have any big plans, any vacations? What are you, what are you going to do once all is said and done here? Well the, well, the thing I'm looking forward to the most is sleeping in. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I, I am not a morning person by nature, so I'm looking forward to not having to worry what time I go to bed and sleeping in and traveling and doing some volunteer work and um, just enjoying life. 
Yes. Yeah. And I'm pretty much the same, Allison. I, I will look forward to no alarm clock will be very nice. <laughs> and traveling, I plan on traveling a lot and spending more time with my kids and grandkids. So yeah. I look forward to it. Well, you all are incredible, and we can't thank you enough for everything you've done uh, for us over the years. And congratulations again on your retirement. Well-deserved. Enjoy sleeping in. Get rid of that alarm. That's going to be great to like delete that daily alarm off your phone. That's going to feel so good. <laughs> but, okay, I want to get started with today's episode. Like I mentioned, um, we are going to go over a few different uh, industry legal updates that have been happening for the past couple months. But I want to kind of kick it off with um, what's new in the license law world. Um, Lori, maybe you could kind to take this one and um, give us a little download and insights into what's what's new with license law. Well, yeah, I'll start it off. There have been some changes we're going to talk about today. I think most importantly that we wanted to mention was a change and a revision in the residential property disclosure form. You know, so our members are very used to using this form and we've had updates in the form in the past, but now they're going to have to get used to another update. So the form has been updated and it's dealing with hazardous materials, really that section of the form. And it's kind of minor, but important that everybody is aware that it has been updated and, and use it properly. But what has happened is, like I said, in section eight on the form already, it talks about the presence of hazardous materials like lead-based paint, asbestos. And so we're used to that. But now there's going to be a new section and the new section first verbiage that's been added is right before the signature line, the buyer signature line on the fifth page. It talks about the purchaser should exercise whatever due diligence they deem necessary with respect to the presence of hazardous materials that may affect their decision to buy the property. And, this, and then it refers them, see Appendix A for a list of resources. So really what's being added to the form is an additional page, really. It's, it's labeled Appendix A but it's a list of additional resources regarding hazardous materials. So that was the whole, I guess, reason behind this is there was some concern that consumers, buyers were not being provided enough information on hazardous materials. For example, lead in the water. So, you know, you can have lead in the water that can be a health concern for children and, and pregnant women and, and that type of thing. And so there was kind of a push, we need to get information out about this. And then the discussion was, well, maybe there should be more information available on a different hazardous materials like radon, like toxic mold, asbestos. And so now this additional sheet, Appendix A of the Residential Property Disclosure Form, is really just providing a list of resources. So a list of resources for radon gas, asbestos, lead, and um, that's what has been added to the form. The form itself is a state form and it's in the Ohio Administrative Code. So in order to change the form, they have to change the Ohio Administrative Code and that's the process that they're going through right now. And the changes then for this form will go into effect on June 1st. So that's gonna be the require or the effective date of this new updated form. So our members definitely need to be aware of that and you know, make sure they're using the right form June 1st and later, for sure. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Form. So got a couple of months to to adjust to that. And then they can that will be updated on the division website through them. Will we have any updated paperwork as well? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. We will. We yeah. always do. You know, maybe Peg wants to chime in with, you know, like I said, this is the first time there's been a change in the form. And, you know, it's really getting the word out so that everybody knows to use the new form. And, and kind of we always get questions that Peg can maybe address this as, you know, 
what it, can we use the form before that date? And what about transactions that are pending on that date? So I don't know, Peg, you want to get into that part? I don't want to just ramble yeah. on about this. <laughs> yeah, sure. I'm happy to. Yeah. I mean, once the form is, you know, is completely available, we'll definitely put it up for our members. We'll put this out in eConnections so that everybody's aware of it. We will update the forms on our website so the correct forms are there for you to access. And you know, as Lori said, there's always some just, you know, practical issues. And, you know, in the past, the division has always allowed the members to or licensees to use the new form before it becomes effective because it's just providing additional information. It's not changing you know, the information that's already on the form. So absolutely, you can start using it in advance. If you have a contract that's entered into before June 1st and the buyer received, you know, the the form that pre-existed June 1st, that's fine. You don't have to submit a new form, but it might be a good idea to do that just because um, you, you want to eliminate any issue that they're going to try to raise that, oh, geez, when we closed, we didn't have the right form or you had a duty to give us the current form or anything like that. So just to avoid any disputes about that, you know, it might be a good practice to start using it before then, since, you know, we know it takes, you know, a month or two sometimes for properties to close after the contract's written. But we'll get out more uh, FAQs on that for our members and do a big splash so everybody is aware of that. Yeah, but we'll just a sure. heads up, to, it's coming soon. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Uh, the more information, the more use you can get to using that new form before that June 1st date, the better. So yeah, like Peg said, we'll keep you updated. We'll keep you informed, but definitely good to know and good to bring up. And I think it's a good thing, right? We want, we want you know, our home buyers and sellers to be aware, you know, of anything that's hazardous in their homes. So I think it's a good thing. Yeah, right. And the way the language is worded on the form, you know, it really shifts the burden to the buyer to conduct their own due diligence if they have concerns about any of these areas. So that is really helpful to protect not only realtors, which of course are our customers, but also to protect sellers from any liability regarding these issues. Because sometimes there might be an issue and the seller's just not aware of it. And um, so it really you know, tells the buyer, you gotta do your homework when you're buyer buying property if you're really worried about mold or, or asbestos or, or radon, which mm -hmm. is of course, you know, invisible, you know, mm -hmm. hazardous material. This episode of The Real View is brought to you by the Ohio Association of Community Colleges. Ohio's network of community colleges provides accessible training that accommodates the busy lifestyles of aspiring real estate professionals at half the price of a traditional university. With convenient locations in every part of the state, as well as online options, Ohio's community colleges are your smart choice for pre-licensing education. For more details or to start the journey to a real estate career, Visit the education page at ohiorealtors.org and then click on the pre-licensed course locations. Yeah, and something that we all want to, I know I would want to be aware of, at least if I was uh, going to purchase um, a new property. So great to know. We will keep you guys posted um, on uh, that form. And, and as it gets closer to that June 1st date, we'll make sure you guys have everything you need to uh, start using that right away. Switching gears a little bit, I want to talk about the Ohio Division of Real Estate, some upgrades to their system. We know that this was passed in the Ohio budget in 2021. Um, they did include some funding for the division to upgrade their systems. We know that this has been a source of trouble for our members for many years now and something that you all have been very interested and vocal about letting us know that this is something you want to see up upgraded and rightfully so. So much is, you know, online and you can do 
so much um, on the internet these days that it only makes sense that we uh, get some updates to, to the division as well. Do we know the status of these upgrades? I know it's only been a couple months into the year here. Um, I didn't know if there were any um, updates we can share in regards to that, maybe specifically for those online transfers. Definitely, it has been an issue for quite a while, and we are kind of behind the, I, I think, the the norm with states and being able to do transfers online, and, and it became a more pressing issue with COVID and, you know, the division not taking walk-ins. So, it it's been an issue. It became even more of an issue, and the superintendent and the division is very well and, like, felt very well aware of the situation and like we said does have funding so and we know they are working on it we know they have talked to some of our members some brokers as far as getting input on you know how exactly that would play out with doing transfers what can and cannot be done online and so i know they are progressing i don't have a, a definite date peg i don't know if you've heard any more about that but I, we know they are working on it and, you know, making progress for that goal. And of course, it can't come soon enough. Absolutely. Our members really want this. There is a definite need and, and hopefully it's not too far down the road. Yeah, no, I don't know of a definite date. I know, as you mentioned, they, the superintendent has formed like a little work group or group to provide you know input to her on how they want to see this process work because you know, as, as you know, out there, you know, if, when agents transfer, you know, their broker has to sign the transfer application. So how do you do that online? And so it's a little bit trickier than you just renewing your own license. So hopefully we'll see that soon. But, um, you know, there's there's a lot more than you would think involved in that process. Yeah, these things always take time. You know, it's hard to completely, you know, get a new system involved and get, you know, employees trained on it, get our members trained on it. So just a matter of time, but still excited. I know we are all waiting anxiously for these changes. So fingers crossed coming here very soon. But there is another um, update at the division um, and involves staff. Tell us about some about the change, I guess, um, about the change that we can expect um, happening at the division in regards to the leadership. Well, the superintendent is retiring. Everyone's so, like, every, you all are like going out together. It's crazy. We're all leaving. <laughs> We're all leaving. <laughs> but I know we heard the superintendent, Ann Pettit, uh, is retiring mid-May, I believe, is the date. So, uh, or mid-June. It's I think it's mid-June. Is that right, Peg? Yeah. Yes. Mid-June. So she's, on, she's around for a little while yet. You know, sad to see her go. Um, she's been great to work with, absolutely great to work with. And um, we will miss her. But uh, yeah, she's retiring too. And well, you know, what can we say? Peg and I are as well. We're at that point. There's what something in the say? air, right? I'm like, how can I How can I get the retirement here? Do I need to go play the lottery or something? I, I want to retire with you guys. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, I think we're, we're all just part of the great resignation, they've called it. There um, you go. A few, people, <laughs> a few people have told me they're kind of suspicious that we're all leaving. They're going, are you guys three going out and forming a consulting business or something? I said, no, no. Lori and I are absolutely hanging it up. What? And I don't know her plans, but uh, right. absolutely done working. <laughs> not putting up a new shingle. <laughs> no, yeah. So um, I know Anne's been a been a favorite um, with our membership base too. So she will be missed and appreciated for all the work that she's done. I'm at the division so far, and we'll keep you guys updated. You know, as we as we learn more about um, the next steps and what's gonna look what that next phase of leadership looks like at at the division. But yeah, you guys are all you're onto something. I think this retirement life is is gonna be <laughs> is gonna be awesome. 
So like I said, we will um, keep you guys posted on any more of the updates to that online transfer to the new system that they're working on the, on at the division, but it's good to know they are working on it. Um, it is something that is actively happening and we should hear news soon. So really exciting. The next topic kind of I want to go over is the home inspectors and kind of the changes that has happened that, um, what are we seeing now with the trends with the home inspectors? Um, I know that this change had happened um, back in the summer last year, so it's been a couple of months now um, with the changes to home inspectors. What are we seeing and has there been any disciplinary trends that have been coming up since um, the home inspector um, license law was passed and put into place? Yeah, I'll, I'll take that one. A couple weeks ago, um, I went over and attended the Home Inspector Board meeting along with Todd Book and Stephen McCoy, our two new uh, attorneys. And, you know, I had not been at one of their meetings before, and it was very interesting. It was mostly, I think it was their first in-person meeting since COVID. And, you know, it was a great discussion because there is so much overlap and interplay between inspectors and realtors and, and real estate licensees. And so, you know, we heard a lot of really good issues from them. And um, I would have to say, too, it's it's kind of a learning process, us learning a little bit more about what their concerns are, and, and they also learning a, a little bit more about real estate licensees. You know, for example, one of the issues that I think they were not aware of before was the fact that, you know, under the the Division of Real Estate, professional licensing under the real estate arm, you know, the Division of Real Estate uh, has taken the position and the commission a couple years ago that no one can enter a property without a real estate licensee present unless they have the written informed consent of the seller. And that was um, a position they took as a result of some discipline against real estate licensees who were maybe letting buyers go in. They were giving buyers lockbox codes. They were granting access to other persons that might be involved in a transaction without them being present, either by lockbox or other means. And so, you know, they put out this notice saying you have to have this written consent before anybody goes into a seller's property without a real estate licensee present. And so I think a lot of our members, you know, have added language that we suggested to their listing agreement, whereby the seller provides that type of consent. But I think, you know, part of that has raised some issues for inspectors. They, and one of the things they brought up was, um, you know, the fact that sometimes, yes, they have the consent to be there. The buyer has the consent to be there. Uh, the seller is given that consent, but then other people show up, mm. you know, and they gave several examples, you know, the buyer kind of piggybacking on that appointment and bringing in maybe, you know, somebody to give them an estimate on, you know, painting the whole place or measuring for carpet or maybe bring in somebody to re give them a quote on redoing the bathroom um, and those types of things. And, you know, unless the seller has given consent to those specific people being there, you know, their question was, are we supposed to find out as the inspector whether these people have permission to be in there or not? And, you know, it puts the invest in inspector in a difficult position because they don't want to be the one they're policing who's coming in and out and they're down in the basement and then somebody else shows up ringing the doorbell saying, I'm here to measure for carpet. I think that one of the things that's really important is for real estate licensees to A, make sure you have consent for anybody to be in that property, whether it's the carpet people, a contractor, anybody, that if they're going to be in there without 
a real estate licensee present, the seller has the right to know that and you have to obtain their consent. So I think you need to educate your buyers a little bit. You know, if the seller says, yeah, it is fine for the inspector to go in and for the buyer to be there for that inspection, then they should educate their buyer. Like this doesn't mean you get to bring in your whole extended family of 23 people and you don't get to bring in other professionals unless we get the okay from the seller to come in and you know measure for carpet or do those things. So I think it's really important for you to kind of talk to your buyer about that. Because in most cases, your buyer is just going to bring these people and they're not probably going to tell you. In which case, I don't think you could be found at fault, but you know, it still can create controversy because the seller probably has a nanny cam and they're going to see all these other people in there when they only consented to maybe the appraiser being in there or the inspector being in there and other people are showing up. So that's one of the things that's important that came out of that meeting. Absolutely. And keeping that communication open, you know, and making sure that anyone like Peg said, anyone that's in that house has gotten the approval and you've gone through the right steps in the process to make sure that that home is safe and secure. Absolutely. Yeah. One thing I want to mention is that we've also attended, you know, gone to meetings for the Ohio Real Estate Commission. And I would tell you that this problem of of realtors allowing people to be in the property without them present is a huge problem. Just the meeting that we were at, we were just there for a few hours. And of the five disciplinary cases that the commission was hearing that day, three were cases in which real estate licensees were found in violation for, you know, they were running late and let the buyer go in, or they were running late. So they let the contractor go in And, you know, oftentimes it wasn't anything anybody thought was bad. They thought they were going to be there in a few minutes. But, you know, all it takes is, again, the seller seeing that person in there without the licensee or in one case, the neighbor reporting it Mm -hmm. and to the seller. And um, those three folks got, you know, some serious what I would consider serious discipline. All three got a 10 day suspension, which means all your listings have to come out of your name. Your sign has to come out of the yard. You can't do anything. You're has to be changed in the MLS that you're not the listing agent, et cetera. Or if you're a buyer's agent, of course, the same thing. You can't represent your clients. You're going to have to notify them all, and that's humiliating. Yeah, that's, that's um, rough. Yeah. Yeah, fines of $700 to $1,000, and also having to take additional continuing education on top of your 30 hours. So, you know, it's pretty stiff. And these things are often a slam dunk. And the de- superintendent told us what we were seeing that day is not unusual. Every single month in front of the commission, people are being disciplined for this problem. Mm -hmm. So brokers and managers, get the word out to your agents. Agents, I know it might just seem like a few minutes and what's the harm, but it's not your house and you do have to get that consent. And you're, the, and you're right. I mean, everything is filmed. Everyone has ring cameras. I know I have my pet cameras. I mean, everyone now has cameras in their homes. I think that's that's the majority, um, more so than not now. So yeah, I mean, it's so easy for sellers to check in on properties, for neighbors to notice. I mean, you really don't want to take that risk there um, of something happening and letting you know unauthorized people into a home. Really great and really important. And, and I'm glad that this is something that you're seeing a lot of lately and that you're sharing on this podcast. So our agents and brokers can can be aware. Any other trends or, or things that you've noticed since the, these new changes went into effect? Lori, do you think anything else that we should mention? No, I mean, I think that is probably the main issue that's come up. And, and with that unauthorized access, just to kind of summarize, I mean, the key thing is don't allow someone in the property without a licensee being present unless you have that written consent. And, and keep that in mind, it has to be in writing, whether it's in then authorization through the listing agreement or the purchase contract or your property management agreement. 
if you do property management. And if it comes up, or maybe that wording isn't broad enough to cover somebody who wants to come in without a licensee being present, you know, you can get that written consent by text, by email, just make sure you have that documentation and you keep it. But I think that's the biggest thing we're hearing right now is just that unauthorized access and confusion from the home uh, home inspector perspective as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I know um, a couple weeks ago, Peg joined me on a podcast with um, a home inspector in the Northeast Ohio area, and they did an amazing job breaking down the changes to to the law and what that meant. And this home inspector kind of shared some of his experience um, with the changes and, and all that good stuff. So check that podcast out if you haven't listened to it already. It really goes more into depth about this and explains a lot more what those changes mean and how they are being dealt with um, on a day-to-day basis now that it is um, the law. So great stuff with that. Uh, Thank you guys so much for sharing. And then um, one last thing kind of I have um, to talk about here is some forms updates. We have a forms committee here at Ohio Realtors that have been working very hard on updating forms. I know I see their meetings on our office calendar all the time. They are meeting constantly, always, you know, on Zoom calls and having long meetings to discuss. Give us an update on on some of the forms that you all have been have been working with and um, how that committee's been going. Yeah, you know, this is a newer committee. It was appointed when our board of directors uh, voted to approve the development of an Ohio Realtors residential purchase contract for statewide use. Of course, it can't be a mandatory form, just like your local board forms can't be mandatory. It'll be something for our members' voluntary use. So the committee was charged with, was formed and charged with the responsibility of creating this form. So we have spent over a year coming up with the body of the contract. It has been an arduous process. You know, we could spend, you know, two hours and only talk about a couple paragraphs. So <laughs> I think around the winter conference, we encountered and there had been at least 36 meetings, all each lasting about two hours. Wow. So yeah. we've definitely I mean, these... had about five or six meetings since then. Yeah, these uh-huh. meetings are on the calendar, like all the time, guys. Like it's always on our office calendar. <laughs> I always see the Forbes committee is <laughs> meeting. So a lot of work and time and energy into this. Yes. uh, Kudos to the members of this committee for the commitment that they've made to this. But we pretty much have most of the body of the contract done. We worked on all the different clauses. Now we're trying to put that puzzle together and figure out the order and go back through it and read it to make sure that, you know, it's consistent. There's no conflicts, that there's nothing that's confusing. Look for typos and consistency in the language. And, um, Excuse me, we've also been working some addendums. Lori, do you want to talk a little bit about the three addendums that we're working on? Yeah, well, first of all, I I want to really stress that I think all Ohio realtors should be so grateful to uh, their peers who are on this committee because they have put so much time and effort into it. Like you said, it's always, we have meetings all the time and they're long meetings. I mean, two, two and a half hours every time. It's been a good process, very time consuming though. So yes, we're working on the putting the body of the contract together and the addendums we're working on. One is a sale of home contingency, that type of addendum. One is if the property is leased and how to deal with that. So an investor buying a property maybe and there's a tenant in there and what documents they're gonna ask for, and, you know, contingent on them being happy with those documents they're being provided. And then what, what is our third? We have another one, Peg. What is the third one is the post-closing possession by the seller. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, because in some parts of our state, it's very common for the seller to remain in the property for 30 days after closing. And, you know, there's a lot of risk there with that. 
for buyers. And so there really are, are some terms that should be agreed upon between the buyer and seller about maintenance and insurance and all of those types of things on the property. And um, so that's one we've been working on as well. You yeah. know, it might seem like these would be easy to draft, but, you know, there is so much variation around the state in, in custom and practice. And so, and, you know, looking at all of the various forms that exist out there and, you know, what we're trying to do is create something that, you know, might work for, you know, everybody and to really take the best provisions from all of these documents we've been looking at to really create what we think is a quality form for our members use. And it's really great that you guys have put this kind of time and effort and thought into it. You know, I I appreciate that you're not just like, yeah, let's just whip out a form and here it is. You know, I think it's really great that you've taken, you know, the time and the thought process that you have to really make sure that this is something that's going to be useful to our members. Yeah. And just real quickly, um, a lot of people are saying, when's this going to be available? Well, the next step is that once we get everything finalized, which I think should be in the next month, then it's mailed out to the each of the local boards and each local board will have, you know, about a month to, you know, review it and submit their consolidated comments, just one document with comments from their board and what they think, if they're confused by a certain provision, et cetera. And then the full forms committee will review those, make any necessary changes and then it will be submitted to the executive committee for approval. So definitely by the end of the year, we hope to have this done. I guess that depends on how many comments we get from the local boards that we think merit some revisions to the form. But uh, yeah, so we we hope we have a good product out there for you. And um, I think it'll be something that might be certainly an option. Even if you're happy with your current form, it might be a form that's an option when you're working with realtors from other areas as a kind of a compromise between your two local board contracts. Yes. You know, Allison, what's been helpful, too, and I think maybe we'll cut down on the amount of comments from the local board, is that the committees made up for our members across the state. And so that has been very helpful. I think they bring out all of those local customs and really discuss and how can we deal with it and how can we make it acceptable to all areas of the state. So I think that'll be very helpful and uh, maybe a step in when the local boards look at it, there won't be as many changes as yeah. what there could have been. Yeah, no, <laughs> that's that's a great point. Yeah, yeah, no, that's in another just testament to, to the work that you all have done in this and making sure that there's representation from all across the state of Ohio because we do do things um, so di- so differently. So um, great news there and, and great great work. We can't wait to, to see the forms here coming soon. Um, so when is the last date? I have to know when is, when is um, your final day for both of you? My final day is May 1st, so I'm before Peg. So soon. <laughs> My fi- May 1st, right around the corner. Yep. <laughs> and uh, mine will be July 15th. It's funny, sometimes when I do you know, talk to people on the hotline, they're like, oh, you're still there? I think, I don't think we're going to leave. <laughs> or they're just, because uh, we announced it so early, but that was really to give us time to work with, with Todd and Stephen and for them to get to know our members and, and all the nuances of of all the so many areas of practice that you need to know about in uh, serving the needs of our members, you know, RESPA and fair housing and the license law and professional standards and board governance and all those types of things. Yeah, they have a lot lot. to learn. Big, big shoes to fill for sure. But they are taking calls um, on the hotline. So if uh, you are a broker out there listening and you do not uh, hear one of these amazing women answering the phone and you hear uh, Stephen McCoy or Todd Book, that is cool. They are our new attorneys working very closely with these ladies before they before they leave us. So and they are quick learners. So they are 
Maybe we should could have left earlier, Lauren. They're doing a great job. So they are doing a great job. And I know and we'll, we'll nice guys. Yeah, and we're, we're going to get them on, on the show here soon to let them get kind of their feet wet before I throw them into being on a podcast with me. But they uh, we will introduce them here on the show um, at some point. But Peg and Laura, do you guys have anything else before we wrap it up today? No. Yeah. Allison, I've, I've enjoyed our time yes, today. Yes, thank you. Past, so thank you very much. Yeah, And thank you guys for being always a true pleasure and joy and making my job easy. It's, it's great, you know, with your knowledge and, and insights and just breaking it down in a way that I think is easily digestible to everyone listening. You know, you don't get into too into lawyer speak or anything like that. You do a great <laughs> job of, of breaking it down to where we can all understand it. So been my pleasure having you both on and I wish you an amazing and an incredible uh, retirement and thank you again and I know all of our listeners will miss you dearly and and um, I will thank uh, you all on their behalf as well oh thank you Allison thanks everybody out there listening we we uh, know you're going to be in good hands with Stephen and Todd. Yep. yep. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. Check out all of uh, the stuff we talked about today. Make sure to keep note of, you know, those issues that Peg and Lori mentioned on what they're seeing now for disciplinary trends. And we will talk to you guys next week. Lori, Peg, best wishes again. We will miss you so much. And all our listeners, we'll talk to you guys next week. See you then. Thank you for listening to The Real View. That wraps up today's episode. You can keep up with the latest on the podcast at ohiorealtors.org slash The Real View and on Apple or Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Have questions, comments, or suggestions? We want to hear from you. Email us at podcast at ohiorealtors.org. We'll see you next time.